What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Master Mindset Podcast, the spot to get your mind right. You can't just train the body, Coach ADG. You got to train the mind. And we know that the missing puzzle piece to unlocking our best is going to the mind gym. But uh, so excited for our guest today. We have a two-time Olympian athlete, swam in the SEC at Alabama, was an analyst for ESPN and Vox. She's now the director of mental performance and culture with DC United, the first mental skills coach in the MLS. Um, she's actually down in Florida to do some work with the All Blacks legendary rugby team. And we have a common mentor in Brian Kane. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Augustina De Giovanni. Thank you so much. Hello, Colin and, and everybody else. Uh, I'm just excited to be here and I'm so honored because I've been following you, Colin, for, for many years in different countries. So I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Well, I love it. And I just, you know, the goal of this podcast that we started, T-Money, it's been like what, five years. This we were just talking our, about that. Yeah, May is going to be our fifth year anniversary, and that is just to normalize mental skills and to make it accessible to more people. So before we get into that, I would love Coach ADG. Can you just give us your backstory? I mean, you've came a long way. You've experienced and achieved a lot of great things. I'd love to learn where it all got started. Well, I'm 37 years old. I'm actually from Argentina. I lived there through so, sort of high school. Um, but, you know, swimming is sort of like tennis, you know, individual sports where they send you a couple months here, a couple months there to get more experience in, in the best level possible. So I spent a long time in, in Europe through when I was 14, 15, 16. And then I finally went to my first Olympics and then I got to go to Alabama. Uh, I went to school there. I had a great time. I'm so happy that I got to go there because of the experience, because of the quality of, of the, the school, the people. And then um, I went to my second Olympics while I was swimming for Alabama. And I finished my my degree. And then I worked a little bit in America and then went back to Argentina to start um, working on the mental side. And then a couple of years ago, I moved back to the United States. And now I'm here. I love it. So what was your draw to the mental game? And my draw playing two sports in college, I remember just feeling so exhausted. I remember um, just being so hung up on results and, and outcomes and attaching mm -hmm. my worth to it and just be crippled with fear. Every performance was a matter of life and death. I remember playing against Stanford when you're playing baseball. I'm like, why am I so nervous? Like I'm not even having I'm not even having fun. Like it's like the last two innings and like I'm in the hole about to hit and like I cannot stop my heart from beating. Like what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Did you have something totally. similar to that? Yes, I used to train better than I used to compete, for example. So I was like, why I used to swim like like really, really fast in practice and then something happened that got me hooked that I couldn't just uh, perform free or I was like, had too much expectations and I wouldn't understand what was going on. So that's one part why I, I, I started to, to study and get to the mental side. And also, um, I think was a mentor, uh, for, for the school when I started, uh, college next day, when I started the program and football, he speak on the mental side and things like that. So he, he'll motivate us a lot. And I used to spend a, a lot of the time listening to him we used to go to the same church i started to sit like close to him even though he wouldn't talk but you know that person that's spying you and you you want to know more it was like 20 almost almost 20 years ago where the mental game wasn't something so obvious like now or, or we wouldn't talk about it so i'll always be like 
this 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 person is different. You know, I was an Argentine from South America, different culture. I wouldn't speak English. I understand his other accent. He was like, still like getting into what is he saying and you know the whole thing. And and then that's why also when when I finished college, I also started to get more interested on it from my personal experience, also from people that inspired me. Okay, was there something that you learned during that time that helped you? Was there a a philosophy or a framework, a concept that you're able to take, you know, when you're playing and swimming in Alabama that you took to, mm. to, and, and used as you kept going on in your uh, career? I think it was more unconscious than conscious. Yes, I had my mentor, my my coach. She was from Australia. She used to coach all Olympians and, and had a lot of experience with foreigners because it was a, a southern college with a lot of foreigners where cultures will have to adapt with each other and she did a great job um motivating us and getting us on the right path with commitment with with a lot of discipline but i don't think i was aware if, if i have to tell you the truth of the framework that i i was using you know some of the, you know swimming we have to get up at four in the morning since you are 11 and you have to like organize yourself like prepare tomorrow today and you know getting the a.m p.m routine so we can actually um prepared the day properly and i wasn't aware that i was actually using those tools but i just had to do it otherwise the day did have more hours than 24 but we used to have to train it hours a day since you're 11. so those little things that i acquired without knowing or realizing sorry and and then i apply until today and i apply with with my players there are a lot of tools that i wish i had the information that i have today i wish i had before to have a better performance that's for sure yeah, what you're talking about is a state called unconscious competence. You're successful and you don't know why. Mm. So what we want to build is what is called conscious competence, where we have routines and systems and awareness that we can duplicate. Correct. So and I think looking at yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I think that way it also helps with confidence because sometimes when you're aware of the things that you do and the effort that you're putting on, when you go to go to competition, you have sort of more confidence because. Uh, you have done the work and you, you it's not something that of course everybody does it but it is something that you actually did it you stick with it and then now you you, you can be confident because you put the, the work on it that's it so a early question if i'm teaching a sales professional a, a professional athlete anybody a kid i'm training is hmm. just describe to me when you were at your best let's think All back right. and just break that down and get clarity on what was your environment like? What was your self-talk, focus, habits, routines? But also when you struggled, let's find some common factors or some things that are getting in into your mindset that are, are causing you to lose focus, to create self-doubt, mm. worry. So maybe you can do that exercise for us. When you were optimizing your skills and your mind, mm-hmm. what was your environment like? And then conversely, when you struggled, did you find some kind of themes there too? Totally. And I think we have a lot of ground in common with the players that I work today. When he, when I was in my best, I felt free. I felt it was no judgment. You know, literally in the water, you feel lighter. Um, you just went for it. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed the, the, the moments before. You know, enjoy the, the, the whole actually process. Um, and then um, when I was not doing my best, it's that, that expectation of, of that fear of I'm going to lose something. You know, I put the power outside. Instead of controlling uh, what I can control, then I was putting my 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 focus on the outside. That we which we know that is not the the 
something that will help us perform. So those things I wasn't aware and 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 then I don't think at the moment I was aware what was the trigger that I will do that. Of course, maybe if I swam a world championship will be harder than swimming something not uh, as important back then. Um, but now, thanks to that, then I can work with the players that I work, trying to take and understand all the matches and all the championships that should be the same, taking the same way, because it should be the same person performing with the same techniques. And we don't, it doesn't define us which, which what the championship is or what the game is that we are playing. It just defines, we define ourselves by the effort and work ethics that we put on. Yeah, I, I connect with that. I think <clears throat> I define my self-worth tied to what I did, the outcomes, the results. I think that's what caused the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like you, I sometimes could practice like I was unstoppable, but I would just some some games like the moment would get too big and I get so caught up on self-image and results that it just got in the way. Um, how can we improve that? I think a lot of mm-hmm. it, I would say pa- parents need training. I think mm-hmm. parents have a big, big role in this, but no one even talks to them. So when I work with like college teams or like youth club teams, I'll say, I will not talk to your mm-hmm. team unless I talk to parents too. Mm-hmm. That has to be part of this whole system. I think coaches okay. are part of the problem where, you know, they're, it's all based on outcomes and results instead of uh, process and habits, routines and effort, energy and that type of stuff. But what are some things as adults we can do to help younger athletes here? Oh, I think a lot. I agree with you. And since you inspire being honest and, and, and be so open, I can share my my own personal experience. I had somebody in my family that when I was little, I linked for any reason that he or she would love me more if I had so some results, right? We were those kids in high school, even in college, at the beginning of college, uh, I still had that um, the love will, will be uh, more or less depending on my results. And that came from, from school, right? If I had an A, that's your job. If you had a C, what's wrong with you, right? So my person, I'm talking about me, um, and that it was a learning process even today where I don't have a productive day, then I don't deserve to whatever. It's like I have to buy every day my 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 um, my rent, my, my reason why I'm living, right? So I think there's a lot of um, power that either parents, coaches, or whoever is close to the, the, the athletes where they put a lot of attention on the results before the process, before taking care of or how is the... the, the, the he or she processing the, the whole thing that's going on because sometimes having good results when you're little, they need the tools to understand it, right? Because you're supposed to be playing because you're having fun. And then ha- having success is that draws attention and how you do it. Then you don't know. I actually have a lot of young kids that they are very successful and sometimes they don't want to, they don't want to disappear. They don't want to, when they play, they don't want to be there because it's too much pressure. And then the parents get upset at, at, at the end of the game because they didn't score or they didn't have MVP of the of the match and things like that. So I think uh, taking out of the, that pressure, attention on the result oriented and more process oriented, I think will help everybody on this. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I can give a personal example. Well, I, my, my dad was that dad growing up and he loved me unconditionally. He would do anything for me, but he was so competitive, so intense. He played sports at a high level. And I think he saw I had a lot of skill and he was that dad that was that loud dad 
And when we lost, he wanted to talk about it and break it down. And that game carried through the car ride to dinner to, you know, hours after. And it just became I associated worth tied to result. And it was just a an unconscious thing he did. He had no idea. And I, I coach our, our son's baseball team. We had a game last night. We lost 0-12. to 12. <laughs> We got mm-hmm. killed. And we're playing this travel team who has kids that look, look like they're 15 and they were playing 10 under, which is good. It's totally fine. We're all mm-hmm. about the, trying to develop skills. But I there was one, I felt so bad for this kid. I won't name names, but he's on our team. It's like his first year playing baseball and his dad is there and I'm throwing batting practice and all the other, you know, dads are doing their own thing. But like when he was hitting, he went right up to the cage and was like trying to like coach and talk through every single swing. And I just saw just life oh. be sucked out of this kid mm-hmm. like the life and the joy and i just felt like he was so tense rigid and he lost his ability to be a, a child in that moment and then his he's he's our he's not our best player because he's brand new and he's little and he's learning and his first at bat i mean he didn't even swing and when he comes off out the the batter's box to the dugout his dad throws, shrugs his hands up like what was that like I, I and I'm just like okay, what do I? I need to like check myself here because I need to respect someone's ability to be to parent how they want to parent. But like that is mm-hmm. not you're you're ruining this experience for this child. You are you mm-hmm. are creating, um, you are connecting shame and guilt tied to a sport and a game, which there is no reason for that when they're ten years old. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would just ask parents, what's more important, your relationship with your child or how many hits they get come on it's not even close but i think we just lose kind of sight of that um well we can talk i I want to transition because i can go on that topic forever um but how about maybe i'll ask you what do you think i should do augustina what do you think i should do yeah we can well i like to talk about this too but um i don't know what besides parents what the coaches should do at that age well, we need to have like a maybe bring all the parents together and say, hey, we're, you know, four or five games in. We wanted to just create a culture, establish, you know, how we want to run the, the, the program. The coaches are going to coach, period. Right. So we want your role as a parent to be supportive. And I'm going to give you a model. Support the kids like a grandparent supports the kids in sports. Grandparents are the best fans. They don't say anything after games. They're just happy to be there. Yeah, And if you look at research from Bruce Brown, all we should say is these six words, I love to watch you play and zip it. Uh-huh. So all you get to yeah. say, because there's no reason you're not going to do a, a, a sabermetrics analyst on their launch angle. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, okay. Well, yeah. I, I think I need to but have then- just a conversation. And part of me wants to maybe pull him aside and say, Hey, this is just out of love and respect. Like I didn't talk to my dad closely for a few years because of all this stuff and and my mm-hmm. dad died of a heart attack four months ago oh, i'm sorry and and we got we made it really good he's he was my best friend we totally patched it up we totally got on a, a good good place like my dad's my biggest hero i love i miss him like my dad was my person but we had mm-hmm. a little there was a little rough stretch there during when i was, I was competing in, in college um because there was just wounds that hadn't healed when i, when I was a child Mm-hmm. So I just don't want any family to experience that. Um, I'll just pause. Coach ADG, do you want to comment before I give you another question? Comment? No, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, parents, we can do better. Coaches, we can do, we can do better. 
you know, um, just just love them as a human being. So when we say process over outcome, I don't think people mm-hmm. even know what that means. Process over outcome means let's be more into their effort, their energy, being a mm-hmm. good teammate, um, the attitude, mm-hmm. you know, and having fun. No coach mm-hmm. or, or pro scout ask you, you know, what were your stats when you were 12? Mm-hmm. Never. So our goal is for them to develop a love of the game, number one, and number two, to um, to to improve their skills, you know. So that's yes. all that we gotta do. So let's just move into. Tell us what it's like to be the first mental skills coach in the MLS. That's pretty cool. The weird thing you said, I want to keep talking. So I'm sorry, I'm not being a good, the best, the best guest here. But you're saying so many good things that I should get. Uh, I, I was thinking about what you just said about process over outcome. Uh, it feels great. Well, how about that? Well, talk about right. your process, man, to get so, here. I mean, just because I'm saying, because you, you and I, whoever was uh, an athlete, knows that the the outcome, the results, just last how many? Like seconds. That, that feeling of, yes, I did it, and then I want more either, or I'm done. But then that's, that's, that's so, like, it, it's just only a few seconds that it will last. It's, I just think who you become in the process, it is... I think the most important thing is, and I know it sounds like more from a book than actually how to do it because when it's to be in Alabama, a lot of like these great athletes to come and talk to us and say, hey, enjoy here because when you retire, you're going to regret it. I remember thinking, you know, when I remember how you did in SECs or NC2As of, of this year, of that year, I was like, no, it's impossible because I'm going to remember. And I actually don't remember. And you did great or not, but I actually don't remember. So I think uh whenever i do coach and i have to talk about it because answering your first question i got into this also because i had such a bad time when i retired that i had no help that i was like this is can be this can be it this has to be someone or something that we can do to actually help the athletes to go through a transition and that's why that's the last reason why i started uh, studying more on the mental side so when they told me hey you're not gonna remember the result you're gonna remember the experience I wish I could, I would have heard it better. I would have actually followed it because I didn't enjoy it as much, like everybody says, as much as I could have because of that. I have to swim fast, I have to swim fast, right? That's what I'm, I, I always talked about the process and who you become. I love that, who you become. That's, that's it. It's the result is fleeting, it lasts seconds. And you know, it's this process of becoming our best. And, mm-hmm. and finding our best, and we can't become or find our best if we always win. Right. That doesn't teach us anything. I love to win, but you of know, course. Uh, losing is where there's gold and nuggets of improvement. And I think we can't really ex- experience joy unless we've suffered a little bit too. You know, right. You know, you can't, or you're just numb all the time. You don't even value winning if you don't lose sometimes. So it's a part of the whole journey. Right. Not like we are looking to 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 lose or something like that, but just understanding. And again, I love the concept of there. There is a thing that that I, all my players look when I work with them, which is consistency. Right. I want to be consistent. And I sometimes I play like this. Sometimes I play like that. I don't like that. Which is great. They have awareness of consistency, which for me is one of the the greatest things to have, the greatest things to have. But then, how do you, how do you get there faster? And sometimes we talk. Okay. The, the opponent doesn't define, you know, start understanding, I, I, for example, in soccer is, is a lot of, okay, my biggest rival, right? 
the, in, for example, in the nationalities, Argentina and Brazil, for example, they're like big where, you know, Alabama and over, right? We, depending who you're playing, like this is important game. This is not so much. And I'm like, they're all important. Why they're not important? Because of the fans or how many people are going to be there? You're, t- you're talking about your career yourself. You want to go somewhere else next year, then why are you thinking of the opening? Which is perfect that you are here, you have a sense of belonging, you are a part of a team. But if you start again doing this game is better or this is worse or this is harder or this is not, then I, I don't think in that way you're going to reach the consistency that you're trying to get for the performance. So and trying to focus on yourself on that process and the every day what you can do your 100% every time and understanding your 100% today can be 2 out of 10 and sometimes tomorrow is going to be 5 and then the next day is going to be 10. But it doesn't define you. And when I talk about define you, the players are like, okay, it's like a relief where you're not going to judge me, which is big, right? Because um, if missing a penalty kick, for example, also define me, then I can sleep better at night because these kids or old guys uh, maybe don't sleep at night because they just made a mistake and people on the streets, maybe not here, but in South America or in Europe, for example, for football or soccer, you cannot walk on the street if you did something wrong at all, yeah. right? So it's a lot of pressure and a lot of things intertwined at the same time. Yeah, that is a lot to deal with, I mean, <laughs> especially at that level where like uh, soccer, is how we call it America, American soccer, is same. life in, in, in some, some countries. Um, can you just mm-hmm. talk about your journey to get to where you are now after you retired? Mm-hmm. Just give us give us a sequence on finding yourself, and you recognize, mm-hmm. man, I needed I need help here, and then you have done the work to be an expert mm-hmm. in this field. You've you've researched and found mentors and trained and went to school and got a set of um, skills to help people. So tell us how you you got to this point. Yeah. Uh, the, the story is uh, when I retired, I started, uh, I started working here in America for like two years. Um, and then I moved back to Argentina where I, I thought I was going to feel better because it's my home country. Something was off, you know, I wasn't aware. I was only 25, 26 years old. Um, I retired quite, quite young for swimming. And then I was like, something's off. Then my always, the answer was, okay, study something else. For me, studying is a, is the answer, the solution. So I studied, I did an MBA, you know, a master's there in, in South America where, you know, it was two years of really hard work. Um, and then when I was done, you know, sort of in those those two years, I was sort of numb because it's so much work that you don't get to think. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I did it. It was a very prestigious uh, school again. Uh, the outside was defining me. If I go to here, then it will define me. That didn't work. And then I started saying, okay, either I accept what's going on or I'm going to keep being not only unhappy, but like miserable. So, um, you know how life it is. I just started talking about that former swimmer and then a former football soccer player. And they started having similar, you know, uh, situations or like feelings. And then... I said, this this is it. Uh, I mean, I don't know who I am. You know, the the the, the, the person I was, the the um, this fast swimmer, this this or that, um, I, it wasn't there anymore. So in the process when I was swimming, nobody and I don't blame the outside. I blame myself. It's not blaming the responsibility or the awareness. It's not blaming here. 
I didn't know that when you, you retired, when you were 20 something, then life was, what do I do now? I thought having a major, a career on, on college, then that was going to be the answer, but it was not. So I said, I really did not have a good time. I went through a really tough time for, for sort of a long time. And then I said, I, I want to do this. So I started like researching more. You know, I used to read a lot always. I big fan of Nick Saban. So I kept watching the American football from Argentina and you know, follow them. That would make me feel better. And then when Nick talked about after the 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 matches that either we won or we lost, then I feel better. I was like, okay. And then I started understanding where I was feeling more comfortable. And then that's my language of okay, this is the path. And so that's how I started getting to know myself outside of the water. And that's how I started to 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 read more. And then once I was just talk with people that would retire, just talk, you know. And as I like, I, I actually want to like work, like one of these be my 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 meaning in life. So I started to actually study it um, more and more and more, and then started working. But I started with swimmers and different different sports, and then I ended up here. Now, when you say you studied, I have a similar journey where I had a, a mentor that taught me the started talking about like mindset stuff is really critical, and here's books on the power of thought, the power of language, self talk. We can visualize what happens. Um, that process was so eye-opening because I had never mm-hmm. known that this stuff was out there. You know, my my skill to yeah. cope through the pain was to work harder and to mm-hmm. achieve more. You know, that wasn't quite it. Um, but let's talk yeah. about. Um, so I know we both know know Brian Kane. He has his kind of pillars. Mm-hmm. What what are your what do you think are, are critical when teaching the mental game for yourself that you think every human should at least adopt or practice a few of these uh, skills. When I say humans, I I consider they are athletes or not. Uh, but I still would say that elite mindset, you don't have to, because this is the, 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 the most frequent question. Like, I'm the parents, I'm not going to perform. Why do you want me to have an elite mindset, right? It's how much the elite something is associated with performance in, in, in sports or in, but it's also in business or whatever is your goal. It can be the best mom ever, right? It can be whoever you want to be so i think having the 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 lead mindset and all the skills and tools that take you to that and and i think also the the correct proper preparation for for that because again those habits and those routines and organizing yourself to get to where you want to be because sometimes we're getting to halfway we don't we don't achieve our goals we do have a good maybe mindset or a, a good or a valid goal for ourselves because we we won't really want it, but sometimes we're getting ourselves in in the way because we don't organize ourselves or something in the way where it's more tempting and and it's the gratification of today instead of the 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 delay right gratification of of the goals that we want to have. But I think it's a mixture of actually how you think and in, the interpretation of the situation that happens in your life to react towards your goal. We always talk with the, with the players where um, you can always have uh, a response to a reaction that happens to you to be, to be able to to have an impact on the outcome. Otherwise, you're always a victim of whatever happens to you. Understanding that you actually have the power to do whatever you can do with the situation that is in front of you. You have in soccer, it's 95, 90 minutes, but 95, 96 minutes during the game is a long time. 
on non-stop. 45 minutes, stop 15 minutes, and then 45 minutes. You, you don't get to think sometimes a lot, and many, many, many things can happen. And if you just don't think clearly and you just say, okay, the referee did this to me, and then I'm done, or I just, it can happen. I just punched the referee, or I did something to the referee, then I'm kicked out, right? Uh, you don't think cool. You're just, you, you just don't train yourself to keep calm and know what is the next step, the next right step to, 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 to do. So I think um, understanding that thing that you do have a power, right? Like control on whatever you can respond to every everything that happens to you. I think it's a big, it's a big tool to have. That is okay. So I, I teach certain tools to gain control of yourself, to own the moment and respond. What do you think your your players have have leaned on? Things that you think work? Because I'm thinking of parents who has a two year old who's crying, or you're stuck in traffic, or you're with a client customer that says something that upsets you, or Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you lose a sales call or you're an athlete mm-hmm. and you you fail in front of a lot of people or mm-hmm. you're um, at the plate and the counts 0 and 2 and there's runners on second, third and there's two outs. Mm-hmm. And so what are some tools to, to get back in, in, in engaged? Right. First of all, I think to work a lot on, on, on who you are, right? Because, again, uh, we work a lot on on nothing that happened outside defines you. Right, you define yourself uh, and and how you react to these to these moments and and tools will be uh, to to have in mind the goals that you have for that either practice a tournament or match. We we do have goals and usually either they text me or they write themselves uh, on their hand or something that I remind themselves. So we train that every day in practice. So for in the game, it's something you know natural. You know you you are the result of your practices. So Focusing on on the tools of coming back to you, coming back. Why why are you there? What's your goal? Is what are you what are you about to do? Is going to get you closer or further away from your goal? Just simple things, right? That sounds simple, but at the moment of hit, it's really complicated or maybe not that simple. But again, going back to the basics and exactly what do you want to do and why you have been training to get to to the next step. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm gonna summarize it for you. The mm-hmm. first one, the first one you said is probably the most critical is, is you can't just magically say, do this in the moment and it'll fix it. If you have a healthy mm-hmm. perspective of who you are, if you have a healthy self image, when you're faced with adversity, it's not that drastic of a, a life threatening thing. I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm not where I want to be and something didn't happen that I planned. It's all right. I can weather this thing. I have the the team around me or the, the or, uh, self-respect or the awareness, I can stay in this thing. But if you don't have that healthy self-image, that's going to be a traumatic event that's going to be hard to respond. So I think foundationally, that can't just happen with one drill in the moment. That's like a lot of work every day, all the time, getting clear, getting healthy, healing some some trauma or just having a healthy vision of yourself. So that to me is foundational. Number two, yeah, I, I love how simple what you said is just let's get back to having clear on what are you trying to execute what's your goal here is all this noise helping you achieve your goal let's let's starve our distractions feed our focus let's attack the process what am i going to execute right here let's just get back to what i'm doing instead of all the stuff that can go wrong you know all the drama around me let's just get back mm-hmm. to what i want to execute right here right now look at my my tape wrist i wrote my goal on my wrist let's look at you know what coach coach eggus we talked about you know uh preseason what we're trying to execute let's go back there and then last thing you kind of mentioned is just go back to your training. Mm-hmm. 
Do you change who you are for where you are? No, process over outcome. Process, not the prize. Process, not the pressure. So totally. those are three I just pulled from. I hope is that I summarize correctly. It does. Perfectly, perfectly. And going back always to training, uh, if you have done a job Monday to Friday, uh, the, the, and, and again, we try to, to pretend or to, to make up some situations where you are exposed yourself to respond properly. Of course, it's not the same because it's practice. And in the game, you know, in soccer, you have 50, 60, 80,000 people watching at you, which is going to be different. It's hard to replicate, but it's very important that the, the training part and understanding, again, is one match after another one. And like Brian Hayne always says, uh, it's not, and I, I, I adapted it to soccer, it's not one time, not right, 90 minutes, it's 90 times, one minute where you have 90 chances to get better. And if something will happen in the 46 minutes, then you have, again, 44 minutes to get better. Trying to see it that way, train yourself to see a situation that way and not black or, or, or white or that this is the end or this is the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh when I teach performers, I talk about next play speed, get to that next play as fast as you can. Um, mm-hmm. That's critical. Um, what else should we talk about? Did you have any questions for me? Why did you get into the mental performance? <laughs> Just like you, I was fascinated. Like, why am I so in my own way? Why am I not having fun? Why do I feel so alone and sad? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I so afraid to, to, to fail? How come I don't feel like I did when I was like younger and I was just free? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and taking extra reps is not solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Just training physically is not guaranteeing that I'm going to be more loose, free, present, engaged, and to be able to perform mm-hmm. on a high level. So I didn't know this stuff existed, to be honest with you. So um, just seeing other people talk about it. And as, as the years have gone by, you know, my last year competing was in 04 mm-hmm. in college. And there was an Instagram. I think Facebook was just getting started. Now people are talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, and can, again, let's just celebrate. I mean, there's more mindset coaches or specialists now than ever. And mm. um, I just think this needs to be a part of, of, you know, how we look at, look at ourselves beyond just sport. I think schools mm-hmm. need a mindset coach in every building. I think businesses should have a full-time mindset specialist going through what, what's culture and leadership and, awareness and empathy and it's something like if, if all we did is tell teach self-talk like i'd be good i would be like completely good if we just pre-plan how we talk to ourselves what we visualize what we speak out loud what, what will we consume and just really looking at language as a foundational tool to help or hurt i think that would be great i, lo- I love what you just said uh i hope we are still alive where they actually teach in school same as they teach another good and valid uh, uh, courses and, and, and topics. And also they, they, they teach everyone how to deal with certain things, right? Because sometimes when, when you hear, I'm, I'm training at 13 years old right now, where he missed his penalty kick and he, he was done. He was done for the season. And I was like, you know, the result doesn't define you. I'm teaching all the defining thing. And he was like, why doesn't define you? It did define me. I, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, because it's a typical A, straight A student. And you can tell it's a lot of pressure from home. And and he told me I, I, I shouldn't be playing soccer. And then I was like, when will be the day that, you know, they, they teach everyone, not only for performance, like we said earlier, to manage, to manage certain situation because 
sometimes think that happened when we're young that you know what we do sometimes what happened which is amazing about this job this job this profession it is when you put the name you know on the on the thing that the player is saying and they're like yes that's what it is you can feel that they're relaxed and they can start talking about it and the, and the energy is different and they feel like okay i'm not crazy crazy quote-unquote right because there's a whole uh, myth of why you work on the mental coach you have a problem or things like that that's another topic if you want to talk about later but okay i, I feel better because i i'm not weird or I'm, I'm i'm not the only one saying it and, and i thought i had the problem and you know how why we are so polarized where okay if i don't think this way i have a problem right how we are interpreting the information where we're only hurting people's mind and this is one of the most important thing that you we have and our, my, one of my goals actually is just to take care of that pressure thing that you have that you're going to have and that's going to the final so the, the quality of your life what do you think yeah well, what you described is what i've heard called if you can name it you, you can tame it okay so if you can just put a label on the emotion or a label on the fear or a label on that internal struggle or challenge then it detaches you from it so it's it's the behavior not the person or it's the the feeling not the person so it just separates the person from the experience and and then you normalize it well guess what everyone feels like this like (laughs) i felt that and uh i love this quote from megan megan rapino she says your opponent is more nervous than you oh So your opponent's feeling the same thing too. So it's just kind of part of the job. But if you can learn how to interpret that emotion as as energy, as a signal that this is important to me and this is going to be great and this is where my growth zone, my my growth edge is is activated, then we're good. Because when you feel these internal changes, it's what I call warrior mode. Mm. You You have superhuman powers inside of you when you can channel these emotions the right way. You know, you have more endurance, more energy, more strength, more focus, but it's all how you interpret. And that's a, a mental game. That's a mental skills game that it just comes with practice and, and and putting yourself in environments where you are stretched in practice. So you can go back to your your training and say, you know, I've actually experienced this before. I don't need to change who I am. Double down on my routines. Let's compete and have fun. I love that. And you know what? Being like that, you also help your teammates in a team sport. Yeah. Yes, that's hundred percent true, and and it's not about you; it's about us. You know, it's how can I be that, that um, that energy, that lift from from my teammates? Because really, it's not about me. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I got I got two more questions because I'm looking at the clock and I got to jump here soon. But can oh, I yeah. just say I just I just value your energy and your no. heart. I can feel your love, and I can feel um, just your your vision to serve, and that just feels really good to be you know on calls like this when I can feel that. So I just want to thank you for. Thank you. I'm joining these, a lot. These two questions. So the the one is, you know, I, I admire people who basically, let's, let's acknowledge that, you know, you're a girl who had some success, you know, from another country, coming to America, swim in the SEC, mm-hmm. go to two Olympics, and then reinvent yourself, you know, to start a career that you probably didn't even thought existed mm-hmm. when you were in college, even though that this was even a, a career path. Mm-hmm. And, and here you are w- working in the MLS for a professional sports team as a female, which let's applaud that. 
and you're meeting with an, an iconic organization of Florida All Blacks. Like, just tell me, how do you market yourself to get to this role? Just because knowing information and having being qualified is just not enough. Like, how do you build the relationships or the perception of value for someone to get a meeting with you mm-hmm. to, to actually hire you? Mm-hmm. Does that question Regard- make sense? Yes, totally. Uh, I think so. Please tell me if I'm not, if I'm not answering it properly. Regarding the All Blacks, for example, I was lucky enough to just match that energy and the values. Because first, for me, my, the way I work is first the person. Then it's the player or performance or the manager, or the owner or president or however you want to call it. So in that organization, the that values, those, uh, that energy match, matched and we could start working from 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 the same. It just it just happened, you know. And it, it wasn't not, it wasn't about being a girl or not. It was just about having similar goals, similar vision. And of course, sometimes I think in in male sports, a female figure there can help a lot. Same with female sport, a male figure can can help a lot because we have different virtues and, and views no better or worse but difference of together i think is you empower the whole thing and in this case I, I felt they gave me that place and i felt i could work from the, that point of view but i always put in first the person and for now until today um it helped me it, it, it had i had had a lot of um either success how we when i call it where the person first feels better feels that they're doing something with the life they feel at least at ease, where there is one space at least in their life where they can they can actually relax and, and work on themselves. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, I think, well, part of it is, is, I mean, I like to coach salespeople and people who are starting a business from nothing. How do you promote yourself? How do you, oh. how do you provide, I've identified a problem. Here's the person who needs support. Here's the, 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 the solution I provide. Because um, mm-hmm. I think we are kind of, this industry is kind of, disrupting sports a little bit like we haven't had these positions for a long time i think strength training i think now is seen as a commonplace you need a strength coach at every professional college even high school organization you need a trainer you know players get injured but like a mental not a psychologist but a mental skills that's kind of too similar but different you know we're not doing therapy counseling we're doing proactive work i call it prehab so it's kind of a a Mm -hmm. different skill Mm-hmm. Um, but I just fascinated. I just want to applaud you for, for, for what, what you've done. So last question, um, uh, knowing what you know now, going back mm-hmm. to, to that mm-hmm. girl who's training eight hours a day, getting up at 4am, you know, working so hard and grinding, um, some highs, some lows, like, what would you, what would you, what would you tell yourself? How would you how would you pour into yourself? I will tell her we are thinking about results. You don't need to do so much to just be enough. I think that will be it. That you're you're enough? Right. You, you don't need to of course I need to. to do so much. Like of course I you know, swimmers always said, you know, we train so much, you know, you swim so much since you're little and things like that, which is true. Um, I, will, I will have done it again. If I, if I was 11 again, I'll do it again because of all the things it gave me. Just 
not talking about the to the athlete, but to the person, to Agus when I was 11, I will tell her uh, to be more at ease that she doesn't need to do so much just to prove herself that she's enough, if it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's not human, human results oriented. Human doings. Yeah, you may have heard that yes. before. We are human beings. Be authentic. Be yourself. Be engaged. It's not, yes. it's not getting worth tied to the do, but from being exactly. true, true exactly. to who you are. Well, okay. you're you're doing big things and you're just getting started. Is, I feel mm-hmm. like I see a trajectory. I just feel that you know trajectory of, of impact. We're just you're just getting started. Uh, coach, thank you so I, much. I, I value, so much. appreciate you. Um, where 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 can people find you? Well, my website is uh, coachadg.com, and right now I'm on Instagram, coachadg, and then I'm still like I told you at the beginning, I'm still developing that side of. of me but so far i'm there <laughs> yeah if i can help you anyway let yes. me know t money uh do you have anything you want to ask before we before we jump not really i think you kind of covered it I feel good about well, it i was like that was a great one i just want to like thank you honestly because i i might be one of your first followers i swear because on this research part you know i i always go to the the heart first and you know like it is not good or bad some people just connect I was like, oh, I like that that kind of coaching. That is first the kindness and then the performance. I think you perform still much better when you put kindness first. But uh, right. I was really excited when 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 I read your message. Really, I admire you forever. So thank you. Well, I, well I'm still in your corner. Whatever you need. And uh, T Money, you know how we end every single episode. The body has <laughs> limits, but the mind is limitless. That's right. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Netflix.